Father, we thank you for today. We thank you uh, for your word, how it brings life to where there is no life, how it brings insight to where there is ignorance. Lord, and I pray that you would do that today through today's message, Lord. I pray that you would open our eyes, open our hearts to receive your word and to live in response of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So here's the deal. I, I was thinking through just how to begin this sermon, but what I came to was just a simple fact, is that we lack peace in our lives with others because of our anger. That's, that's it. We lack peace in our relationships because we have anger in our lives. Yours, mine. But it doesn't have to keep robbing us of peace. Human anger doesn't have to keep robbing us of the peace that God intends for us to live in. In James 1, 18-21, if you have your Bibles with us, it's going to be on the screen. James 1, 18-21 reveals God's solution. And let me assure you, God's solution isn't be sure and count to ten before you speak. Now that might be a helpful tip you might glean from this passage, but I think James is calling us to something much more glorious. So if you would, open your Bibles with me and look at James chapter 1. It says, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. And know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Let's pray as we've heard God's word. Father, thank you for your word. May it take root in us and reveal itself in our lives and actions. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you remember, James is writing to Jewish Christians who have been scattered through, through the area by persecution. In the areas that they were now settling, they were being rejected by their own people and oppressed by the Gentiles. They were suffering serious and various trials. And as trials tend to do, these trials were revealing sinful tendencies that were in their heart. And if the rest of the letter is of any indication, these Jewish Christians were dealing with biting tongues and sinful anger. Maybe the trial that we're going through right now has revealed similar things in you. Maybe the, the long times at home with the same people has revealed a frustration uh, and anger that has been in your flesh that you didn't necessarily know was there. Or how biting your tongue might be in your speech. But like we can understand how that can happen, it makes sense that these Jewish Christians were struggling with that. Because when someone suffers injustice or wrong, anger, human anger, is there to offer itself as a false solution. But the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And what it means by there by the righteousness of God, it means the righteousness that's descriptive of God, that characterizes Him and His people, and the righteousness that brings about peace. So while an angry response may seemingly right a wrong in the moment, it leaves behind a wake of destruction and bitterness and it oftentimes replaces one injustice with another. In his journey to becoming Darth Vader, there was one event in Anakin Skywalker's life that cemented his path on the dark side. It was the kidnapping, the torture, and the death of his mother. 
And at that time, if you remember from episode 2, the anger of the flesh offered Anakin a solution. And he took it. He took his lightsaber and he went to the sand people who had, had done that to his mom and he slaughtered them. He hated them and he said he killed them and he killed them all. If we weren't going to get into issues with YouTube, I would have showed the clip of his, his speech doing this, but um, we can't do that. But he was deceived by the temptation of the flesh. And what he thought would bring justice brought about injustice. He replaced the injustice that happened to his mother with more injustice. The peace that he was longing for fled from him. He was, had more despair in his heart after that. And what he thought would be resolved was not. His mother was still dead, and he was angry. And he was what was Anakin, who was supposed to be reflective of the good guys, the Jedi. He began to reflect the evil character of the bad guys, the Sith. Now today, I doubt anyone is dealing with the same issue specifically that Anakin dealt with. Uh, if you are, please tell us. That's pretty serious. But we all have situations in our life right now where anger is tempting us with a false solution. It could be a child disrespecting his parent. Or a husband uh, not helping around the house. Or politicians. I don't even have to say sentence with that. It's just politicians. Or in my life, it's potty training. Anger is there at each one of those situations offering false solutions. Put her in her place. Yell. Belittle. Cut him down. Mock. Remind him of this failure. Share that post. Win. In these moments, and in these moments I'm telling you, I, I'm the chief of sinners. In these moments, we're not reflecting the character of God. We're not reflecting his righteousness. We're not securing order. We're not bringing about justice. We're not bringing about peace. We're destroying it. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So what does? What's God's solution? Well, God's solution is, is this, is that the peace and stability that we desire is produced by the gospel working in us, not our anger. So our anger is really a, a, a symptom of a deeper problem which we've labeled brokenness. Now you see brokenness all around us. It's just we're chock full of brokenness in this world. You see it all over. But our anger is sometimes responding to a brokenness or a conflict that's happening uh, within us. But this brokenness that we experience and we see on a daily basis, it wasn't how it always was. God created the earth in the beginning, and it was good. In fact, it was very good. There was peace and there was harmony. Peace with God, peace with self, peace with others, and peace with creation. But mankind chose a different way. We chose to depart from God's word, depart from his design, depart from him as our good God, and we chose our own way with our own wisdom, and we sinned, and that moved us into the realm of brokenness. Now all of these different things that we experience, that we try to fulfill the brokenness, we fall short. But God in his love for us, he sent his son Jesus Christ into a broken world. The son of God took on flesh and dwelt among us, and he lived a perfect life, unstained by sin, and he died a death on the cross. As, as, as though guilty, though he was innocent. 
He died in our place. And he was buried, and on the third day, God raised him from the dead, victorious over sin, death, and Satan. And he walked the earth for 40 days, and he ascended to be the fa- with the Father, where he took his place on God's throne. And now he awaits to come back and gather those who are his people, those who have become children of God, those who have been made alive by the word of truth. And those are people who have turned from their sins or repented and believed in the gospel message, the message I just shared with you, and have committed to Jesus as, uh, committed themselves to Jesus as Lord, where he is now the captain of their soul, so to speak, where he is now in charge and they are not. And that's the good news of the gospel. And I think that's part of what James is highlighting here because in verse 18 he says, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. That's, that's conversion. That's God making us alive by the gospel. Regeneration. Coming to know God through faith. And then in that moment, what James refers to in verse 21 is the implanted word. God fills us with his spirit who then writes God's law upon our hearts so that we are now empowered to obey and to carry out God's design. This was something grand that was foretold by the prophets. If you look at Jeremiah 31, he's talking about the new covenant that will come about through the Messiah or the Christ, which we know to be Jesus. He says, This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. For I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And Ezekiel said something like it as well. He says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And this and this. He says, I will cause you to walk in my statutes and to be careful to obey my rules. And that's what James is helping us to see that the peace and stability that we desire is produced by the gospel working in us. We have been made alive by the word of truth, and now he's transitioning to a section where we live by that word of truth, where we, are, we hear it, we believe it, and then we act in response to it. And that's the journey that the Spirit takes us from. We still deal with the effects of brokenness, but having been made alive by the word of truth, we now can recover and pursue God's original design of righteousness, of peace, the peace that comes from God's righteousness, because that's key. Because the righteousness of God is the, is the source of the peace, not peace itself. It's, it's, that's what brings the wholeness. So the peace and stability that we desire is, is produced by the gospel working in us. So when we are tempted with anger, and it's offering us our, our false solution, what we do is we don't fight it with our own strength. We don't fight, fight it with tips and tricks. We fight it by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. So how do we do that? Well, the first thing is that we need to do is we need to be quick to order our life by the Word of God. Now, it's proverbially true when it says be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. It's, it's you know, generally good life advice to listen to more, more than you speak. But I think what James is doing there is not just to give good life advice. He's calling his audience and us to live by the Word of truth. This whole section, you're going to see it. And the opposite of what James is warning from us is the attitude of, I know, but. I know I'm supposed to be gentle with my family, but, but it's been a long day at work. I know I'm supposed to speak encouraging and uplifting words with my tongue, but they messed up my order, or they cut me off. I know I shouldn't share this post that mocks this individual, but they're a Democrat or they're a Republican, or they're Dr. Fauci, or they're a person who thinks differently than I do about COVID-19. I know God's Word says this, but I feel this. 
And when we have that attitude, the I know but attitude, we're not, we're not recovering and pursuing God's design. We're persisting in the old ways of the flesh. Ways that we know bring destruction to peace. And I think that's why James also encourages us to put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. He wants us to look first in the mirror. Because the anger of man pulls our attention away from our faults, away from our shortcomings, and brings a, a magnifying glass on the shortcomings and faults and sins and mistakes of others. But James says, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Now remember, he's talking to beloved brothers. This sin has been crucified with Jesus on the cross. Like They, they are not standing before God is guilty of it, but in their flesh... These desires still, these sinful desires, these wicked desires still remain. So he's wanting us to look in, inward and put to death the old ways of the flesh that still reside in our flesh. And this journey from our beginning of our salvation to the end of our salvation. And for sure, our filthiness and our wickedness is part of the problems that we're dealing with. It's like the times when you come home or when you've been out working and, you're, and your clothes are just, just soaking wet or you're just covered in filth, and, and you're instructed to, to change clothes in the garage. You know, this was, that was a time for me last weekend. We were up here at the, at the church doing that um, prayer and walkthrough, and, and of course, like a, a monsoon came, and we were standing in the still frame building with lightning all around us, and we were like, hey, we're going to go home. And we get, went home, and I was just drenched, head to toe. And I was about to walk in the house, and Taylor goes, no, 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 you're not coming in here. <laughs> I'm going to get you some clothes. You're going to change in the garage. And I, of course, changed in the garage, and I went inside. But that's what James is, 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 is the image that James is putting us here. We need to, to put away the filthiness, to put away the rampant wickedness like it's a soiled piece of clothing. Because just as my soaking wet clothes had no business being in our house, the filthiness and wickedness that resides in our flesh have no business being in the new creation life of the disciple of Jesus Christ. So lastly, I think what James is calling us to is to embrace, then, a posture of, of meekness. So we're, we're, we're being quick to order our lives around the Word of God. We're being quick to hear. And, and the context there is hearing the Word. We're putting away the filthiness and rampant wickedness, and then we're embracing this posture of meekness that's slow to speak, slow to anger, we're, and we're doing all this with meekness, receiving the implanted Word with meekness. Bad posture can cause a lot of pain. Uh, this week I was talking with uh, my chiropractor, uh, Brad Frost, and I know I may be a little young to have a chiropractor. I don't, I don't have too much back pain, but I was having something. And he was talking with me about how there's been an uptick in chiropractic issues. With all the people who are working from home, they're now spending their work day uh, on their laptops, on their couch, or their lounge chair. Well, this puts them in a, a place of bad posture uh, for, for long periods of work. And that causes some pain in the neck and spine. And so if you're working from home and you've got increased pain in the neck and spine, it could be because you, you're not working with good posture. Uh, but I'm not a chiropractor. I'm a, I'm a preacher. So, um, but likewise, when we're quick to speak and we're quick to anger, we're embracing bad posture for Christian living. And the result is pain, the disruption of peace, in conflict. 
because we're not embracing meekness. The meekness of Christ, the posture which we're supposed to live out the Christian life. And we see peace being destroyed all around us. Now, it's been rightly said that meekness is not weakness. But as one commentator said, meekness is not an excuse for arrogance either. Meekness still combats evil, yes. It still seeks to right what, that which is wrong, yes. But it does not do so in anger. It does not do so with the attitude of, I need to make sure my opinion is heard. Meekness combats evil with a gentle boldness that is both slow to speak and slow to anger. And it does this in trusting the whole time oneself, one's rights, and one's vengeance to the Lord. Because we know that He is the one who is in control. And when we do that, that's when we begin to reflect God's righteousness and His character. That's when we begin to experience peace in our life. Because the this is not something that we can do on our own, but it's something that the Spirit works in us by His Word to bring about. It can only come from a heart that's transformed by the gospel. And the posture of meekness only comes from the heart that's transformed by the gospel, and it concerns itself with the hearts of others, not whatever offense they think is, has been made against them. And it does this because James says in this, in this last passage, he says, the gospel of truth or the implanted word is able to save your soul. Now, while the gospel certainly brings about an eternal salvation of the soul, James's audience isn't, isn't those people right now. He's talking to beloved brothers, those who have already been saved. The salvation of the soul that James is referring to is the deliverance of the whole person from the power and the bitterness of sin in the process we know as sanctification. He's making them look more like Christ where sin, sinful anger, is having less and less a hold of our, our heart and our soul, and it's being less and less expressed. And the more we grow in this Christ-likeness, the more that we let this implanted word, we receive it with meekness and let it work its way into our hearts, transforming that which was wicked into that which is now righteous. The more we let that happen, the more we grow in the gospel, the more we experience God's peace in our life. So are you tired of the strife? Are you tired of the conflict? The constant anger that's being drummed up by news media, social media? Are you tired of that? Do you long for the peace of God in your life? I'm telling you, you cannot have peace with God I mean, you cannot have peace with others unless you have peace with God. And your biggest problem is not some political party that's different than yours, some group that thinks differently about COVID-19 than you do, or your family, or whatever situation is causing strife and conflict in your life. Your problem is if you're not in Christ, you are not at peace with a holy and almighty God. But the good news is, is that Jesus came and made a way that you may have peace with God through him. You can have eternal life with God, perfectly at peace, and begin to experience that peace with other self and creation now and know it fully in the new heaven and the new earth if you turn from your sins and believe in Jesus. 
He's offering, with you, offering you peace. He's offering you life. You can have no peace with others until you have peace with God. So turn from your sins and believe in Jesus. Now, if you're in Christ and you're still seeing a lack of peace, look at the passage. Be quick to posture yourself to the Word of God. We know that we need to be living by the Word of God, but don't be reluctant in doing that. Be quick. Be eager to posture your life by the Word of God, to order your life around it. And then take a look in the mirror often. Constantly be going to the cross, dying with Christ there, letting the old man be crucified so that the new man, Jesus Christ, may be more displayed in your life. And then knowing what James is communicating here, that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God that looks like Jesus and the righteousness of God that brings about peace. Knowing that, let's embrace a posture of meekness. We don't have to get the last word. We don't have to be the one that's right all the time. Or at least have people know that we're the one that's right. We don't have to be angry about everything. Let's embrace a posture of meekness that is slow to anger and slow to speak. And I promise you, you'll begin to see more and more of God's peace revealed in your life because you'll be seeing more and more of Christ being revealed in your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I confess this has been a tough message to prepare for because it's been a tough message to live. Lord, meekness, being slow to anger, just doesn't come easily to us. And trials seem to make it more difficult. But Lord, we are so thankful that you use trials to reveal sin in our lives, that we may let it be crucified with Christ day in and day out, that we may know more of him in our life. Lord, I pray for those who have heard the gospel today for the first time, perhaps, online or otherwise. Lord, I pray that you would use your word to bring them to life. When I pray for the families that are broken over anger, I pray that you would bring about your peace into those situations. Lord, only your word can accomplish such things. And we ask that it would. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you're watching with us online and you need to make a decision for Jesus Christ, we want to talk to you about that. We want to walk with you through that. Just email pastor at mbchurch.com or comment below or, or message us on Messenger if you're watching on Facebook. Or if you're in the room and you need to have a conversation with someone about Jesus, we're going to be hanging around after this next song and we would love to talk with you. We'd love to chat with you about that because the relationship that you have with Jesus is the most important thing about you. Because through Christ, you have the fullness of life. Apart from Him, you don't. We want to talk to you about that. We want to talk to you about that decision. Or if you're just struggling, if you're just struggling with, with anger and you'd like to talk to someone about that, email us at pastor at mbchurch.com or hang around and we'll talk to you. We'd love to have a conversation with you.